Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 31 of Drop the Needle in the Haystack, a podcast where we use the Forgotify website to take a listen to tracks on Spotify that have never been played, and then we talk about them. I'm Robbie. And I'm uh, Eric. That's Eric. Wow, Robbie, let me just say, you really nailed that. In- that was like one of your finest. Thank that- you. That was like, you know, like peak YouTuber, like, hey, what's up, you guys? Right, Um, right. I've been practicing in the shower. (laughs) Welcome to, hello, everybody. Uh, It's episode, oh, wait, hold on. Uh, Practicing like in front of the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Good for an audio medium. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, And that's Matt, everybody, our other host. How are you guys doing? Thank you for introducing yourself, Matt. Oh, you're welcome. They should know who I am by now. It's been 30 episodes. At this point. At this point. You'd think. You'd think. And if you're still here, you're a part of the 30 episode club now. Check under your chair. <laughs> the 30 over 30. Yes, exactly. There's <laughs> only 30 of you listening, and we love you all so dearly. Thank you. What did you say? Check under your chair? Like, you we, did. We there will be a prize. Like, we like taped some weird, obscure thing to like the bottom of their their desk chair, or, like wherever they're listening to this. You right. Know? Uh, I just think they should, you know, stay alert. You never know. Maybe there's something under there. There's probably like a code for Raid Shadow Legends. Yeah, check under your chair. Sponsorship. (laughs) Yeah, it's our sponsorship code. Oh, here's an idea for a sketch. A street musician who is a YouTuber and who keeps Mm -hmm. doing like sponsorships in magic tricks. What do you, what do you mean like okay like, so are like we talking like the like the David Blaine street magic like let's that, say too? yeah David David Blaine street magic David Blaine goes up to two rounds on the street and he just starts dry heaving but then when he finally gets the dang thing out his throat uh oh what's that it's a, a Red Bull a uh, Raycon <laughs> anything like look at this and then he gives them free take my three throat Red Bull from David Blaine gives you wings. Who was that guy? The, the Do you remember those joke videos like early YouTube where it's like he's doing street magic and like yeah. he's not really doing a magic trick? Yeah. Those? Yeah. yeah. Those what were if good. You pull, what if you pull Raycons out from behind somebody's ear? That's how you do the real sponsorship like segue, you know? You're a hack. You gotta think a little more than that. Come on, Matt. Is that, is that too on the nose? It's too You gotta pull it out of the, the hat. Ear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get a big top hat, walk up to someone, <laughs> nothing in my hat, and then you pull out uh, some earbuds. Yeah, that's anyway. what the people want. They want anyway. hat magic. Hat that's the magic. Next, that's the next logical step of YouTube. Yep, hat magic. Been saying it for years. All right, uh, so onto some music. Right. Oh, that's right. It's my. Sorry, I got caught up <laughs> with visions of David Blaine and YouTube magic tricks. Uh, but that's right. It's my turn to. Lead us. Our first track here is from a band called Crimson Sweet, kind of like the watermelon, Crimson Sweet. And the album is a live album called Living in Strut. And the track is No Hot on Cold. We're going to be starting at about 15 minutes. So let's, or 15 seconds rather. We'll take a listen and then I'll tell you a little about it.
get some cool organ sounds to send us out there. So let me tell you a little about our, our band here, Crimson Sweet. Uh, well, I had it, but we were moving somewhere else when we were pre-show. Let me go back. Okay, yeah, Crimson Sweet. Here, I'm going to read verbatim their biography here because I think they're out, it says it best on their website. So Crimson Sweet were a pop glam power pop band from New York City. We toured the U.S. extensively, Europe expensively, and the Midwest intensively. Now we are finished. Thank you so much to all the awesome people and cool bands we met along the way. We will miss you. So yeah, you can. it's a really kind of sweet little send-off there. You can go to their Angel Fire website if you search for Crimson Sweet, and you can see uh, the members of the band there. I don't know what they're up to these days. Seems like, from what I can see on their website, their last show was in Cincinnati! At an unfortunately but now closed location, um, fortunately named, I should say, but it was in Cincinnati with a band called White Girls. So if you're still out there, White Girls, in Cincinnati, <laughs> I don't know, but wouldn't that be something? But that was back in 07. <laughs> uh, but to talk about the music a little bit, so obviously very, very, very much high energy sort of aggression, which is uh, something that you know, it's not easy to do sometimes. And I think we've 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 heard a little bit of that maybe on the show when we talk about things being raw or really aggressive or really full of energy. Sometimes it's also easy for it to just be bad. All those things, all the kinds of things that give that quality to a piece of music also can come with just not being very prepared or very confident in what you're doing. But for a song like this, I think you can really hear the band's very tight. It's, you know, it's not like, in orchestral arrangement or anything there's not a whole lot of dynamic range but it's really well put together it's really well constructed and it's very expertly executed and it, it all builds up for this very energetic kind of uh piece of music but what do you guys think yeah i think you totally had the right read on me when you said that i was gonna like this one this is like right down my alley it's like it's just so simple and to the point and it it does what it does like perfectly and I think beyond like what you're saying about like it's almost pure rhythmic energy. Mm. It's almost like with songs like these, the harmony, nothing else really matters. It's just like the drive and like that that drive forward. You know, the yeah. hi hats just going, the the kick and like the snare pattern. It's just right. one one, you know, one and three for the kick, two and four for the snare. You don't need anything else. Yeah, it's and like every guitar... beat is a downbeat almost. Yeah, <laughs> the guitar is just you know like chugging forward almost. It's 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 that unstoppable like the perpetual motion kind of energy you know right yeah that momentum that sense of yeah. momentum i think it's really excellent and i i'm glad you brought it to the part with the the synthesizer the organ what's the name of that that's like a classic sound what is that, that it's like ah oh, fuck i have it right on my i'm sitting at a keyboard right now and i know what it is because i have it it's like such a classic organ sound you yeah know? It's, it's, like, it's, it's like the rock organ yeah of. it's yeah. like a surf surf organ or, or rock yeah. organ it's a really kind of uh, let me see if i can find it you know what i'm not gonna maybe later but uh i think yeah that's another interesting thing it's got you know you listen to the whole song it's got basically two parts right that first thing where it's sort of back and forth between the guitar and the vocals and then it's got this middle section where they start to layer in the the organ there and i think it's some really kind of nice use of uh layers in the songwriting there um you know it's all still loud it's all still driving and, and you know that momentum but i think 
the the way it's it all mixes together with the addition of the organ is, is kind of a nice counterbalance to the other section of the song. What I think is, um, I have a couple things that I think we can go off from from here, but or a couple of places where we can go off to from here. But I think the thing I wanted to talk most about is it's crazy to think that they toured between 2002 and 2007 and how much and how difficult that would be during that time. Like, I feel like touring now, probably bands have it easy touring now, right? We have iPhones, we have FaceTime, we have internet, we have giant, you know, buses and things that can generally make your life easier for keeping in touch with the people that you love. But what, 2002... You have a cell phone, maybe, right? You'd have maybe, maybe, right? It's not yeah. quite there. It's not quite commonplace. Maybe one person in the band did. So yeah, go ahead, Robbie. No, I was just gonna. I, I was just gonna agree. Yeah, you have to think, especially for a smaller indie band that you know they were. Seems like they were successful for those five years because they did have a lot of engagements. They released albums, and it seems like you know they were busy, but still kind of a smaller band how do they manage you know just the logistics of that especially like you said at that time because it's not like there's the you know the internet in its current form for making those connections or sort of setting things up so that's interesting to think about there i i yeah oh also the name of that organ kind of stop i don't know the exact name of it but it's like the sound i was thinking of is like an arena organ like a hockey arena okay uh, yeah yeah that's sort of right. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Whatever organ that is, I don't know. I'm really ignorant when it comes to this. Is it like the Hammond or like... Yeah, that's probably a Hammond B3. Well, the thing with organs, though, also, is you got all the different stops and modifications you can make. So sometimes it's yeah. really hard to, to nail down what it might be. But, but it's like hand... that classic arena organ sound. Yeah, yeah. It's very... Uh, it's really easy to overpower things, I think, with the organ. But I think it's, it's well used here. Um... Side note, you mentioned Crimson Sweet like the watermelon. What? what oh, you guys, let me pull this up. That's the, I think that's a species of watermelon. Is it like Eric and his apples? Yeah, hold on. Crimson Sweet watermelon. Let me pull this up. Crimson Sweet produces round melons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're a kind of watermelon. Yeah. Why do you know this? You don't know that, Matt? You don't no, know your I... produce? Come you on. don't know your produce, <laughs> you little no, you... nerds? Quit, quit bullshitting me, Eric. You didn't know this either. <laughs> Sorry, I just am big into watermelon. I don't know what to tell you. He's uh, a big melon head. What can I'm we say? Big, ah, I'm a big I melon head. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> well, that's all I've got for this one. Do you guys, or Matt, do you want to take it away? Uh, yeah, sure. We can we can talk about mine if you want. But no, but no, I don't want thing. to. Oh, if, sorry. I, yeah, if you if you're done. Eric Eric is full of shit. He did not know that. Eric would come home from like the grocery store every week and be like. Yeah, I got I got some apples. He'd be sitting at the kitchen table like a like a horse chomping on some apples. And I just remember one he he would like give us little no one asked for this little reviews of his apples like every every week or so. He'd be like, yeah, I got this one. It's called the Pink Lady. He's like taking a bite out of it. Those are good. And he's like, he's like, yeah, Robbie knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> we do I fruits remember, here. I don't remember if it was the the Pink Lady apple. Pink ladies of, apples are good. Yeah, one of them though you weren't big into and you were just sitting there this was post ramen yogurt and me and me and chelsea were at the table and you were like yeah don't really like this one and you were like thinking about it 
just chomping on it. And then uh, he just like, kept eating it, even though you said you didn't even like whoa. it. Whoa, oh, Eric. Yeah. Well, I bought the apple. What do you expect me to do? Yeah, Can't let those nutrients. It's the same thing as the pasta. If you, you made it, you got to eat it, right? Yep. That was the rule in our house. No matter how much pasta you made, you make too much, you still got to eat it. Still got to eat it. No leftovers. That's dangerous, no leftovers. but I respect I, it. I know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, okay, so on to my track. Um, yeah, so the title of this track is She's Leaving Home. And if that sounds like a song that you know, uh, that's you're correct. It is a song that you know. This is an arrangement of She's Leaving Home uh, being played by the state. I'm not going to say this right. Slupsk chamber and it says chamber choir on spotify but it, it's it's a chamber choir uh, a chamber orchestra it says so on the album cover probably just like a translation error but this album is uh dancing with the beatles it's an arrangement entirely of like beatles classics for what sounds like a pretty decent sized orchestra if anything maybe like a, a radio orchestra or like a, a pit sized orchestra but, um, Robbie, why don't you just go ahead and hit play? This is at, like, the 25-second mark. Yeah, so I was pretty surprised to um, come across this in my Forgotifying. And it's just an interesting kind of arrangement because it's like pop music for orchestra, right? I think this is something that a lot of us think about is like how much of our career is going to engage with pop music. So for me, I remember one of the biggest like pop music gigs I did was uh, that really weird one I had down at the waterfront for like that ridiculously expensive Jewish wedding that like oh, that's right. Irene brought me on for. And these people literally, when they were writing our checks for the overtime, said money is not an issue. So they, they hired basically a studio orchestra for their wedding. Their wedding Jesus. Ceremony. And they handed out arrangements done by probably the band leader of like pop songs old classics and disney music like we had the best man singing his he, he changed the words for like go the distance to be about the couple and like we had to play the music and the band leader was just like this like little old jewish man playing uh like a choric synthesizer and like conducting us with his head kind of deal but it was like yeah you know we we get our degree in music and then we're playing like pops and there's nothing wrong with that but i remember an onion article or something maybe like the the hard times or whatever that is that like satire website being like high highlight of violinist's career playing backup for best of green day you know like (laughs) and it's like i walk this lonely road that's for sure (laughs) susan uh, recalls her years of extensive training at top conservatories r- around the world to now play backup for a Eagles tribute concert, like live. Yeah, but that, like Eric and Robbie, for you guys, like how how often do you think about that? Right. 
I, well, I think for me, maybe I'm in a bit of an easier position. Um, you know, as a jazz pianist, that's already, I think, maybe a little easier to to more to kind of cross paths with kind of the pop idiom. And in fact, we do it all the time. You take you play just pop songs, uh, you know, kind of reharmonize them a little bit. That's where we got a lot of our jazz standards was from, you know, musicians of the time taking pop music, Tin Pan Alley songs, songs from musical theater, kind of playing them over and over again and basically coming up with things they'd like to do over them and developing this own sort of idiom and changes. So I think for me, it, it's very, I don't know, it's very natural almost in, in the genre for, for me to take in pop music and to fit into those ensembles. So there are certainly, it's almost like a, a trope of like the, the elitist jazz musician who doesn't want to take pop gigs. It was in fucking, what, La La Land, right? That was yeah, the whole that thing. that was La La Land. It's not a great jazz movie, La La Land, but I think no. there is some truth to that um, to that idea among jazz music, among all musicians. Like, I want to play the music I'm serious about, which is this specific thing, and then not this other stuff. But what do you think? What about you, Eric? It's a little different for you. I think before the pandemic, I would have been like, yeah, that would, you know, if that was my career, I'd find a new one. But after the pandemic... I don't know if I care anymore. I think music's just kind of music and like it's nice <laughs> to play. And I realize how much I've kind of taken for granted, taken for granted uh, just playing in general. So, you know, if someone were tomorrow were to like offer me a year contract for playing backup clarinet to some pop artist, you know, like with a salary and or maybe not even a salary, just like, you know, repeated gigs i'd take right. it yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't even hesitate i'd be like hell yeah let's go yeah of course where are we going <laughs> yeah 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 i mean like not to be and i'd be excited crazy. about it too it wouldn't be like oh i i guess i have to go do this pop gig it'd be like hell yeah let's go do the pop gig yeah you know not to be too negative not to be too cynical but i think at least once you're starting out unless you're uh hit, hitting it big right off the right off the start like mm. You know, music is a fair amount of beggars can't be choosers. You, you, if you don't take it, someone else will, right? Yeah, right. I mean, think about like wedding gig string quartets or Easter brass quintets. We all play the music that we've played a million times, and it's like kind of just going through the motions. But like for this, I think it's interesting because you can tell the arranger has chops. Whoever did this orchestration like knew what they were doing. Um, it reminds me of, of the lush kind of orchestration that you heard from like the Disney Renaissance, even like mm. the high point of, of Disney, like classic arranging. Um, and I think you can honestly hear that a little bit more in uh, we're going to play the most played song on this album. Uh, it's an arrangement of across the universe with over 9000 plays. So clearly, you know, someone someone likes this arrangement. And I think you can hear a lot of good things in this. So um Turn the volume up and go ahead and oh. press play, Robbie. Good reminder. Yeah. I would have left gotcha. it up. You got me. Can I, can I just say that the one thing I do hate about playing pop music in general 
Like the yeah. one thing I never really know what to do with is so much of pop music. The melodies are so simple that you have like those repeated notes. And as a classical musician, that's so like you're so used, to, and I'm sure you know jazz too. You're so used to constantly moving in a melody. Mm. You're not going da 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 da. You know, da, right? Da, repeated da. notes. Yeah. You don't have forth. that. And I was so it's like a very uncomfortable thing. It's, it's like, awkward. Yeah, it feels awkward when you're doing it. And that's what I was. I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to guide the question to that. I do remember one of the songs that we had to play in like that wedding gig. It was a pop song and I had to play the melody. I was the only one doing it. And it was the same note like over and over again. It was, I think it was like a Rihanna song, if I remember correctly. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? You can't, you know, your instrument can't emote on lyrics the same way that like a voice can. Yeah. And with yeah. that, that song, sure, the melody line, that's awkward. But the rest of the arrangement, like some of those moving lines and like the inner voices there, um, they really, I think they were smart about some taking some liberties, adding in a couple extra inner lines. Uh, uh, what, what do you think about that one, Robbie? Uh, you know, I really like that one. I think, yeah, it, it, it's especially a challenge with the melodies of, of some pop music where it's, yeah, a lot of repeated notes. You know, because it's meant, like you said, it's meant for words. It's meant to be spoken and to be sung, and it, it fits so much better uh, on a human voice. It's so natural, but it is one of those things that is much more unnatural for a, an instrument to do. Um, but I, I think with this one, it reminds me a lot of uh, musical theater in that way, because sometimes you get these sort of refrains of the, of like the the big numbers played instrumentally, and then sometimes oh, you have right. the same effect where it's just like back and forth between two notes but i think what like you said matt what saves it is is all the nice arranging uh underneath I, eric do you remember dr davis one of our professors in undergrad he was like uh well he said something to the effect that it's just impossible to make a string orchestra sound bad just the sound itself of all the instruments being played well you know they just it just sounds good you know just it just there's something about it that it, it's hard to resist it's true yeah definitely a lot of people say that too. I've heard that echoed time and time again from like countless teachers, and it's um, it's kind of funny now that you bring that up. I, like uh, if you're applying for um, a big master's program and pretty much any like doctorate program for composition, you're always going to have to submit like an orchestra sample, and it's kind of funny now that you think about it because it's true, your orchestra sample's always going to sound good. I guess they're more worried about like if you can make it sound bad, maybe. Right, <laughs> looking for the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's about. That's really all I had to say about like this arrangement uh, and this like this album, my track. I just thought it was really nice. I mean, like I listened to a whole bunch of these because I was curious because of the we talked about like the it says choir and I was like, okay, where's the choir? Am I gonna hear like? this East European choir singing like the best of the Beatles over an orchestra. Hell yeah. yeah. But um, if you guys had anything else to say about this, I think I'm good. No, I think, uh, yeah, all right, then we good. can move on. All right. So we're going to listen. I will, we'll listen first. I'll introduce later. Listen to dancing with the devil days go by, by Seth Hoffman.
I'm living in the past, you know, I'm locked up in my head. Oh, such a sensation, the hope I might be dead. Wrapped up in self-pity to the point of no return. I wallow in my nothingness, I've crashed and soon I'll burn. So the first thing that came to mind um, when I first heard this and shared this with Robbie and Matt before the show was uh, Tenacious D. Um, and there's something about, I think the, we talked a little bit about the sound of the chords and like where they're moving around. But for me, it's the rise and fall and the inflection of the lyrical line and melodic line that he's singing. There's just something about it that reminds me of a few Tenacious D songs, even if we, we tried to pinpoint it and, and we couldn't. But it's in there somewhere. I stand by it. I'll find it. And maybe uh, I'll put it in the description for this episode. If I can we'll have a special emergency it. episode. Yeah. Where I get to say I told you so. Um, but no, there's something very uh, raw about his voice, especially as the song continues. He really pushes it to its limit, both dynamically and probably probably range-wise a little bit at the top. Um, but yeah, it's really, really nice. Matt, what did what did you compare this to? What was it? Yeah, I was saying it reminded me kind of of Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day. That's it also cool. reminded me a lot of like kind of early AFI. But now that you're mentioning how we kind of struggled to figure out exactly which songs it was reminding us of, like it reminded us of a couple of Tenacious D songs. It reminded us of a couple other songs. I think it's worth kind of considering like, well, why does this sound like so many other songs? You know, that's we, a good we can't yeah. we can't quite place it, but we know it's familiar, right? Right. And you know, I, I, that's a good point. I was thinking about this when when you were just talking now, Eric. And you know, maybe some an element of it, 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 it kind of the attitude of of the song. I guess maybe just the general musical aesthetic is similar in in a lot to the energy you get out of a Tenacious D song. It's like kind of confrontational almost very declarative in terms of the singing style jack black i think probably has a little bit of uh, maybe a better voice than seth hoffman or or a little more practiced in kind of his singing but i think it's very similar in terms of attitude i guess attitude's the word i'm looking for yeah it's that kind of like a that well not to be too on the nose with it but like that devil may care i'm around the pitches the words are very like why her you know like a lot of pitch fluctuation yeah. big spread vowel like you know aural posture that kind of thing that's true now uh i'm sorry i've been looking for seth hoffman and i think i may have just found his facebook page but i'm i'm trying to confirm it because i don't see this album appear anywhere on it um but his bio says Seth Hoffman is a singer songwriter live looper from Albuquerque, now living in Israel. Oh wow! Ooh. So, uh, and he has a website, but it, yeah, and he posted fourteen hours ago on his Facebook page. So it, it seems like he's still nice. Active. Still kicking. And yeah, the guy. I'm sorry. I'm listening to a video that obviously you guys can't hear. Sounds similar, so I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. He has a website, but it's not loading for me. Can you guys try and go to Seth Hoffman dot Seth Hoffman Music dot com? 
Sure. I have a feeling it's just down, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's my computer. Mm, yeah, I can't get it. Yeah, me neither. You know, this album, it's probably old enough that it might not be on his his other like platforms because Robbie, do you mind going to the Seth Hoffman like page on Spotify? It looks like sure. he's had that's a 2016 album I see there. Yeah, do you All right, have... let me see if I can yeah, if any of these are on his page. Wow, that's a big gap. 2001 to 2011. Yeah, I, I almost wonder, is this... Are these from someone else and this is a different Seth Hoffman? I might be... Because sometimes Spotify does it if you have a similar name or the same name. Yeah, they lump you together. Or he just had a rebranding. That's true. After, after 10 years, you know. It's true. And you yeah, know, I'm sometimes... not sure if this is the same Seth Hoffman because none of these albums are on his page either. You'd think that one of them... Yeah. Oh, wait. No, no, no. One of them, Set Yourself Free, is on his page. This is the guy. Great. We found We found him. <laughs> we did it. Hacker voice. Yeah. Gotcha, <laughs> Seth. Gotcha, Seth. Bet you thought you'd get away. Now you're going to have to be on the show. Now you're going to have to be. That's the rules. <laughs> if we find out who you are, if we find your true name, you belong to the show now. We're going we're gonna to send you mail directly to your address until you come on the show. Exactly. But yeah, he has, you know, I like his voice. I like the inflection. I do, yeah, I, I do, I really do. The, the really raw quality, and Matt, I think you mentioned it earlier, I don't know, I was sort of spaced out while you guys were talking. Did you talk about the metronome, or kind of like, lack oh. thereof, of like a steady pulse? Oh, yeah, you can you tell. Know. Yeah, you can tell. He's not um, playing with like a click or anything. This is just a guy and his guitar, simple as that. And within the first like 10 seconds, within the first five seconds probably, like um, the tempo he starts out, at increases pretty noticeably when he starts singing. Yeah. And, and you know, I think that kind of goes with that declamatory style, right? The the rhythm of the guitar, you know, is meant to serve the words and and, and the singing, kind of like. Well, and I guess this is maybe an interesting look at the priorities um, in different genres of music. As classical musicians, right, we're thinking about things like developing the control of the the rhythm playing very carefully, you know, what we mean to do exactly uh, in terms of, like, these long melodic lines or whatever we have. But for a song like this, it, it's it's sort of like the importance is the, the, the rhythmic lines of the speaking. And the words are... It's like you said, you can go between just two notes. It, there's a little more in this song, but it is a lot of repeating because uh, it's sort of meant to just emphasize the rhythm of the words, I, I think, is the impression I get. No, I, I definitely think you're right. I think that's spot on. Yeah. This reminds oh. me of like story ballads. You know those like yeah. those Appalachian story ballads mm. where um because we also mentioned that the song sounds through composed. There's not like a clear uh, verse chorus structure, there's not really a clear repeating like strophic form where mm. we're hearing the same melodic shapes happen or even I don't know if there was a rhyme scheme. I wasn't listening that deeply, but um yeah, it reminds me a little bit more of, of that, where the, the story, I'm sure there's a narrative to this, right, is, yeah. is the, of primary importance. Yeah. No, I definitely think that's right. Definitely. Uh, and he classifies it as it, he classifies it as folk music. So, yeah. you know, you definitely hear that. Okay. Uh, anyway, anything else? That's it for me. 
Feel Thanks. good? All I'm right. Good. Let's uh, go on to the part of the show where we talk about what we listened to this week. And if you guys don't know, I can start us off. Oh, oh I'm ready sound... now. Yeah. You sound easy, okay. Eric. Yeah. I, I got something a little out of character for us this week. Oh, boy. I didn't listen you to clarinet. Character. I uh, I listened to the soundtrack from Moana. So that was a, a musical that I, well, you know, Disney musical that I totally missed when it came out. Um, didn't listen to it. Didn't watch it at all. Watched it like a week ago. And immediately the, the movie was made either 2015 or 2016. I don't remember which. It's been a while. Um, and like just watching it the whole time I was watching it, I was like, this just sounds like Hamilton. It's like, really? isn't this just Hamilton? I was like, and then yeah, sure enough, it's it's yeah, it's Lin Manuel Miranda. Part of the yeah, part of the music's written by Lin Manuel Miranda. So didn't wasn't the Rock in that movie? Didn't the doesn't the Rock sing? He does. The Rock does sing. How auto tuned? You know what? It? It's it's actually not that auto tuned. It's probably should have been a little more auto tuned than it was, because uh, there's some notes, especially when he's reaching for notes, he doesn't always quite get there. Mm. Um, it's very speech singing. It's a lot like yeah. You're who's that well, guy? Yeah. Nathan Lane. Uh, well, Nathan Lane's a good singer. That, I take that back. But it's very much like a Broadway speech singing kind of stuff. And especially yeah. if it's Lin Manuel Miranda, like half of Hamilton is rap or yep. speech song. That as song far, in as particular far as I know. really sounds like Hamilton. Uh, they they do the whole rap breakdown, and yeah. yeah, it very much follows the same pattern. But yeah, the rock the rock wasn't that bad I thought he did singer. good I it was passable I thought it was passable you know like the first good... time I heard oh. it I was like uh but then the second oh. time I heard it I was like nah you know what I'll give it to him that's give not it bad also um did you guys oh shit who are they so The Rock the if you want to come on the show let yes. us know defend your singing to Eric go ahead Matt yeah who, who are you thinking that of? Australian duo Fly the Concords mm. yeah. do you guys know them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'll be the New, racist New dragon. Zealand. Yes, I'll be the racist dragon. Wasn't one of those guys also in Moana for like one song? He was like he was like some the, kind of shellfish. Oh, the crab. He was the big crab guy. He was the crab? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. He sang one of those songs, I think. It makes sense now. I can hear it now. Okay. One with the glasses. Yep, I can hear it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What'd you think, Eric? You like the music? I did like the music, and that's why I ended up checking out the uh the album. Like and they have a lot of the extended songs, so like they have a version of the rock song where the rock is not the one singing it. Oh, um, <laughs> they still have the rock version too, but you know they they offer both. Uh, no, it's it a good album, good music. I'll uh, be honest, but yeah, like, I skipped that movie entirely because I got so pissed that every grade level at the music camp I was working for played one of the songs, gotcha. and I did not like hearing it at work all the time sure it was the one that goes like um da -da 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 -dum, ah yes how far i'll go i didn't like that one because it's just a four chord song mm. you don't like so, those no i think the movie's Fair. worth a watch though matt you know movie is okay. good though movie is i good. also haven't seen hamilton and i don't know any of the music to hamilton i haven't seen hamilton either okay i'm keeping it that way i haven't seen it but i know all the music I've heard some of the music and I've enjoyed it. 
I'm just too contrarian. I it's it's like it's people people oh, have been shit. telling me. Oh shit! No oh, pe- shit! Matt you know? doesn't like Hamilton. Yes. No, we're I don't going like it when people about, are like talking about Matt hates Hamilton. No, I don't like it when people are like you have to watch. Oh, you have to watch it because then I'm like no, now I don't want to watch it. Yes. Leave me alone. Yes. Just just to spite you, I don't want to watch it. Yes. Let the hate throw flow through you, Matthew. You hate Hamilton. <laughs> I'm sure it's very good, and I I don't doubt the importance of the work. But now people have been like Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton. What are you doing? You live under a rock. Watch Hamilton. It's on demand now. You can watch it. And I'm like, no, don't. I don't want to. Fair. You know what? I, I would listen to the album. You know, it was. Uh, I think they have a good album with the original cast. Well, I guess the movie is the original cast too. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's worth a listen. Listen, I, yeah. but if you're gonna watch Moana, listen to part of Hamilton so that you like, you'll hear like immediately what his composition style is. All right. Okay. No, you got the the Miranda style, that's for sure. But you know what's good about him? He's he's a well, he's a better singer than The Rock. But as far as Broadway singers go, <laughs> he's he's very well. Hold on. Should I cut this bit? <laughs> Let me start again. Never mind. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm cutting this whole thing. Whose yeah, turn is he's next? He's a better singer than a WWE wrestler. But, you know. <laughs> he's a fight. He's. I'm cutting all this. He's. Uh, but he's a good. Can't singer. compare to John Cena though. He's careful. He's careful. All I was gonna say is that he arranges very well for his voice. He's aware very much of sure, kind of sure. his voice, yeah. and I think his writing fits very well. He sounds. He sounds good. He sounds great in all of his stuff. But I think, yeah, he's very aware. You know, it's good to write your own music, I guess, in some ways. No, I, I think that's important, though. You know, like, you got to know your limitations or at least your range and mm. and what you sound good doing. I'm cutting all that, uh, so don't make any insightful comments. All right. Okay. <laughs> I think you're losing anyway, some who's good content next? there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, fuck, Eric, put this one on the Instagram <laughs> as, our, as our fucking video. Sure. But sure. Um, uh, yeah, who's next? I can, I can go next because it's this actually similar vein. Uh, I was also listening to some soundtracks lately. Uh, I was listening specifically to the like ending themes from Final Fantasies eight, nine, and ten. Nice. Robbie, were you a Final Fantasy person? Hell yeah, I was a Final yeah, Fantasy you person. You like you would. Oh, what's that supposed <laughs> to fucking mean? <laughs> I'm turning 180 on my enthusiasm. No, I think, I think we've talked about Final Fantasy, so I kind of remembered. We probably have. It does but seem like do the you, dumb nerd shit, I'd say. Do you remember... <laughs> did you play eight, nine, or ten? I played ten. Okay. Do you remember, like, there is a ballad in ten? Return to Xanarkand? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, not that one. Of course, he immediately. Um, All right, whatever. Go ahead. Or is it the one where? There's... Which one? Yeah, it's the. It's it's. I think it only has a Japanese name. It's called Suteki Dane, and it what? like plays during the like I think around the middle of the game. There's a oh, cutscene where like what happens? Yuna. What happens in the cutscene? Yuna it. and Yuna and Titus are like under a tree, and somehow they go swimming underwater for like, oh, way longer. Ah, than I, fu- I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, that's like a proper power ballad. And yeah. for some reason, <laughs> Final Fantasies 8, 9, and 10 had, like, power ballads as, like, their main theme, kind J- of. Japan loves power ballads, I They think. do. Yeah, and these They're were, good. like, really good power ballads. So I was listening to the one specifically from Final Fantasy 8 mm. called Eyes on Me, and I was like looking through some of the comments, and as you just mentioned, someone from the comment section was like, 
this song was actually huge like outside of the game just like in japan because they hired to sing the song like one of the premier like celine dion type singers at the time nice oh, wow. and they were like it was the 90s you know it was i think 1999 and they were like yeah you couldn't go anywhere without like hearing this song on the radio and that's just like such an interesting concept to me that, like imagine yeah. imagine you're like you're out in like the pizzeria and you hear snake eater from metal gear solid like on the radio that uh fucking megalovania comes in on the car (laughs) no (laughs) that's cursed that is interesting i mean we have that with movies right movie soundtracks it's not a big deal but with games yeah we haven't gotten there yet and it's kind of crazy that we haven't in some ways i'm trying to think i'll like be thinking about it i don't think i've ever heard like a you know a game major game soundtrack like song yeah across outside like yeah in like a public listening setting i mean part of the problem is what u.s developers or like western developers compose music like that you know like where you would even have a ballad you know yeah i mean the biggest game music no that's japanese halo yeah, but they just have, uh, you know, singing in the bathroom thing. Yeah. I guess. Is Skyrim? Oh, uh, See, Western. Like, did you guys, it is Western, but... Did, did you guys ever hear the Bugsnacks theme song? What? The Bugsnacks theme song? That was kind of a big thing. It's a good was tune. It? Is it? Yeah, Carico Bonito. They did it. Oh, okay. It's no, a good I, song. I, no idea. I don't even know right, what you're Well, maybe Robbie's... About. Bug Snacks! Matt, you don't know Bug Snacks? It's a game for the PS5. Bug Snacks. It's it's Bug Snacks. I'm not going to litigate Bug Snacks for you. We'll do that off air. Okay, okay. Good theme song, though. Okay. Oh, my turn. Listen to the Bug Snacks theme song. That's number one, first of all. The second one is a song by Louis Cole called When You're Ugly. I was just listening to. So fucking great song. That's right. I sent it to Eric, and I said they wrote a song about you, because I'm a cool <laughs> Got him. <laughs> gotcha, nerd. Savage. Yeah. But great song. Louis Cole is really great. Whole album's good. That's what I would listen to. All right. All right. I think that about does it for today's episode. So thank you very much for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review the podcast wherever you can, wherever you're listening, if you are allowed to do that there. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Drop the Needle in the Haystack, and at Twitter at Drop Haystack. Um, yeah, Eric, you want to take us away? As always, everyone, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Yay. What, is, what the hell is this Bugsnack attacking the power? <laughs>